The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Wednesday, December 4th, and we are going to break down a busy 10-game NBA slate for you. My name is Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the one, the only NBA DFS shark, Mr. Michael Apatria. How are you, Mike? I'm doing well. I had a busy day, Coach. Uh, you know, I didn't get to get too many lineups in tonight's card. Um, you know, I think we just, we all of us pros, we, we run across that time once in a while where, you know, you, you feel like you prepared enough and everything, but I just didn't feel like I had all the time and all the, the you know, things necessary to go and pump out, you know, 20 lineups tonight. So I, I kind of took it easy. I just did a couple uh, of the three entry maxes and I called it a night, you know what I mean? I, I I think that's the smartest way to play sometime. And if you know you're not going to be able to watch the lock and do all of that, then just limit your shares. Yeah, you, you have to. You've got to uh, – you always have to be smart, manage the bankroll smart, and sometimes that means uh, passing a little bit, no doubt. But it was a fun slate. I, I, I kind of It was one of those slates where I did wish I got a few more, especially with uh, – you know, the Thomas Bryant news over there in Washington. There was a lot of fun stuff to keep an eye on tonight. And uh, there was definitely, if you if you had that edge and you watched the news and you played it right, you definitely were profitable. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, though, it was painful because I could have taken down some big stuff. Did it, I'm doing fine, but not. it wasn't the big night it could have been. Uh, Luca didn't play in the fourth quarter because uh, the Mavs went up by 20, uh, but he still had – like ridiculous 28 and 18 rebounds, which, you know, he would have easily had a 2020 game uh, and then some, but uh, man, he, he's just looking better and better every game. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I think he got, he was in the same breath as, uh, you know, guys like Kareem and, and LeBron and magic uh, with uh, the, the stats he set tonight is one of the only players in under 30 minutes to get 30, 15 and five. Jeez, unreal! So he's he's un, he's un, he's un, he's amazing. I mean, people are talking about him being, you know, one of the best players under twenty. No, he's flat out one of the best players in the NBA right now. There's no yeah. doubt about it. It is. It's crazy. And the Mavs are fourteen and six and keep on rolling. So it's good stuff. Better than we both expected, I'm sure. I mean, we're both Mavs fan. I I had some decent expectations for us. We were talking, you know, maybe being uh, you know, eight seed and. They're they're blowing the roof off the doors, man, and they're not done. We were talking about it last show. This is they're gonna be a fun team to watch and it's a funny year, man. The West is wide open right now. I mean, there's the two top dogs that everyone's keeping an eye on with the guys in LA, but Mavs are creeping. Oh, they're they're gonna be right there and they're gonna pull the trigger on a trade or two as well. I, I do think they're gonna finalize the Igadala thing. I that just makes perfect sense, you know, for Courtney Lee in a second rounder or two. I mean you, got to make them move so i hope it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun but uh you know there's there's still a long ways to go we got the the key is staying healthy like anything else that's that's what the nba is all about you got to keep your guys uh playing i mean it's that simple look at poor golden state (laughs) oh man they're uh they're gonna get a nice little pick out of it they'll be all right yeah they will 
Well, listen, uh, we might as well jump in here, man. Ten games. Uh, that's that's a big slate for midweek. Uh, but it's I love it, man. I, I you know me. I like the more games, the better. I know everybody loves the five, six, seven, the or four, five, six, whatever the the just manageable. I like the bigger slates. I think as as pros, we have a bigger edge because we're more prepared. We can dig in, and it's not as intimidating, uh, you know, as it is for for some people just trying to look at all the stats and do everything. So, the more games, the better for me. I'm I'm loving it, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, I, first of all, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. They uh, are the founding sponsor of hoop-ball.com and our DFS show. So we want to thank them for their support. And, uh, you know, we, we just ask that you uh, support us by jumping on and, and rating, reviewing, and subscribing on our, our podcast. Just take a second if you can. Hit the five stars, likes, positive reviews, thumbs up. If you have a few extra seconds, uh, a comment is also great. And, uh, you know, we appreciate that. That that really helps us uh, grow the show and, and uh, get out there to some sponsors and uh, certainly makes Hawaiian Isles uh, Kona Coffee Company happy as well. So look them up online. You can order there, or I always recommend – just jumping on Amazon, a uh, couple of clicks, and it's on your doorstep the next day. So, all right, man, we talked about the Warriors briefly, uh, mentioned them, and they're our first game of the, the night, uh, 7 p.m. game, Golden State 4-18 at the Charlotte Hornets, 8-14. and 14. So, uh, you know, not two teams that are seeing a lot of success. Um, I will uh, – Try something a little bit different today just to keep a mix up. I think what I'll do is I'll give you the game. I'll give you the pace and the defensive ranking, and then I'll let you jump into the game so we can almost like game script it a little bit as opposed to just each taking a team uh, just to keep it fresh, man. You know I like it. Is. I like it, Coach. You know, I got to keep it fresh, man. Absolutely. All right, so Golden State at Charlotte pace-wise – Golden State right now 14th, so middle of the pack at 103.2. Uh, Charlotte Hornets uh, all the way down to 25th. They have uh, definitely continued to drop and have slowed down the pace, uh, which is definitely a concern a little bit in uh, this game. When you have a 10-game slate and you see two teams uh, below the, the midway mark on pace, definitely – uh, raises some eyebrows there of concern. As far as defensive efficiency, we know Golden State is not good. They're 27th, which is actually an improvement. They were uh, last for a while, so they, uh, 27th is not good, but better than where they were. Uh, Charlotte somehow has dropped to 29th. Can you believe that? So Charlotte is a worse defensive team than Golden State. So even though we don't have great pace here, we have terrible defense. So what do you got for a game script, man? I, I think this is both – everybody in this game is playable on both sides of the ball um, from a point of, you know, game script uh, sense. And so when you take into the price tags, that's what's going to make the big difference for me. Um, I'll start over here on Golden State. You know, Draymond Green playing, 6,200, too much for me. We know his minutes are going to be limited. Um, I don't really want anything to do with it. It's a fantastic matchup. You can always catch the – 
you know, almost triple double Draymond Green upside. But if he's going to be yeah. playing 27 or less minutes, I just don't want to dive into that at that price tag. You know, maybe if he gets down to that five range, we can consider him 55, 54. Um, right. I'll take. I'll have a couple shares, but not at that price tag. Uh, you know, playing Bowman, I was all over it last game, and you know he performed well, other than just the absolute blowout, which that really limited him. He got 30 DK points in 37 minutes. Uh, but we're not going to if with Draymond playing, they they're going to do the point forward thing for a little while. Yeah. That cuts into Bowman's time, so that kind of takes him off the edge uh, for me. Burks is the up and down guy. He's a GPP play. Um, I wouldn't really consider him in cash, especially at that price tag. But if you wanted to take a stab at him in a GPP, because he does have that 40 point upside, like you said, Charlotte plays no defense. So um, yeah. this is one of those matchups where I think you could target him. And he's probably, um, you know, other than like Len Robinson, the two wing guys, nobody's really enticing me too much on Golden State. I think Pascal's the option. We just kind of caught that big game last one against Atlanta. 6,500 yeah. is a high price tag with Draymond playing. Cuts into the power forward time form, especially with Looney back as well. So right. I'm, I'm kind of off of the whole Golden State train, except for Burks and tournaments. And then if you wanted to take a look at Robinson and Cash. Um, yeah. Other than that, I'm good with Golden State, man. How about you? You know, I, I'm with you. I, they are just so bizarre. They The last game, they started Looney and Cauley Stein next to each other, which was like, you know, shocking. I couldn't believe they started those two guys. So I'm not sure what they're going to do with Draymond back if they play all three of them or who knows what they're going to do, man. But they have nine guys. They're lousy and they're going to be splitting minutes. And it seems like everybody wants to dumpster dive and take a couple of value guys from the Warriors. But, you know, the bad news is they're not really value guys anymore. Pascal is now priced up there to where, you know, he's not a value of any kind. Uh, you know, you can find some other people, very similar pricing that, you know, their minutes are secure and they're going to be uh, in a little bit more competitive game. So, uh, you know, I'm, for, I'm definitely going to pass on the Warriors and I hope people keep dialing up a couple of guys from there because, with when Draymond's been back, it's the biggest uh, blow is to Kai Bowman. It, it doesn't seem to make sense because you got a point guard with a, a a power forward coming back, but it's just the rotation that Kerr uses. So you know, I just don't see anybody that I'm going to be interested in playing from the Warriors side. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I was going to say it's also worth mentioning that D'Angelo Russell is going to be questionable for this game, so he's making his return soon as well, uh, soon as well. Um, if he does play, you could just pretty much throw any of the guards out for me because he's going to be playing on a limited minutes basis, I'm sure, in his first game returning. But it's going to impact, you know, Burks and Bowman and uh, Robinson even more, especially if they're playing bigger. So just another thing to keep an eye on uh, going forward. But um, for Charlotte, I think it's pretty much the same two guys I'm always looking at, Rozier and Graham. I think it's a fantastic matchup for Rozier. Thrives up in these kind of... You know, medium pace, fast pace, dumpster dive matchups where it's just two bad teams where he can get four quarters and it'll probably be competitive for most of the game. Uh, played well in the first time these two play teams uh, met up, you know, came out for like 35, 36 DK points. So I think he's an option. Graham, man, he's been rolling. I just don't. He's one of those guys. He's, he's almost got that like Andrew Wiggins enigma for me where I just don't want to jump on him. I feel like an mm. idiot never playing him. I never play him. He just does yeah. it every single game, though. He's tough. So it's 7,700, I just think. like, yeah. Do I want to jump on him at 7,700? It's a good matchup. I, I won't argue with anybody that wants to do it. I just don't. I think I'd rather pay down for Rozier the 1,200 less. Yeah, I mean, I know he's sort of expensive, but you know, he's the best player on the team. I mean, 
people have been have been a little bit more hesitant, I think, to go to him because they see that price. But, you know, he's their go-to guy. He had a great second half this last game. You know, it's just tough with a 10-game slate. But, man, I would love to dial him up. If, if I take anybody from this game, it's going to be him. Uh, I've been able to hit him pretty good uh, on the games that he plays well. And he's not just strictly points dependent. He'll get you some, some good assists and usually a couple steals or something in there. So uh, Devontae is my guy that I have circled here if I can fit in his salary. I not knocking you. I mean, if I, if I ever got him right, I would be playing more of him. Um, and it's not it's not even like it's you know he's up and down. No, he's pretty much more up than he is down. I just happen to play him on the nights he's down. I can't get that guy right. So uh, mm-hmm. with 10 other games, you know, I'll let him beat me if he beats me. If he's the guy that goes off for 55, so be it. I remember Rostrum for 4,200. Those were the days yeah. man, at the beginning of the year. It was beautiful. All right, game two, Milwaukee Bucks, 18-3, and three, looking unbeatable. They're playing at the Detroit Pistons. Pistons coming off. Uh, it'll be their second game of a back-to-back. They're 8-13. and 13. They routed uh, tonight, though. They just uh, blew the doors in. Uh, who did they? I can't remember who it was, but they killed them really uh up by 30, I think, in the in the beginning of the third quarter. So they uh, they're looking better uh, now that Blake's back. Uh, Drummond has just been a complete machine. Uh, so this will be interesting. It was the Cavaliers. They beat them by 33. Um, but you know, Milwaukee's playing fantastic ball. It's that simple. And Detroit uh, with that big front line is going to. The question is, can they give them? any difficulty uh from the pace standpoint we know milwaukee plays fast they're the third fastest in the league and we know detroit doesn't they're 26th they set up that half court offense uh either pounded in a drum and or run it through blake at the top of the key is like the point forward so they're gonna you know it's gonna be a battle of you know who controls pace here uh, defensively, Milwaukee, uh, fourth in the league to, uh, on defense as a team. Uh, they do a great job all over the floor. Uh, so that'll be a challenge for Detroit. Detroit is uh, only 20th on defense. Um, a little bit of that, you know, you can is due to they've had guys out, including Griffin and uh, other other guys. So I think their defense is actually a little better than that. I think that'll rise up a little bit. But, uh, you know, this becomes a, a, a tough game. With, with a 10-game slate, you know, it, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult. What, what's your take? So I'm looking at this game, and it, it's, it's just like I think the Bucks are rolling right now. Let's, they got Middleton back. Everybody's healthy. Uh, Brooke Lopez is probably playing this, so that takes away the Robin Lopez love. So you're going to be game scripting this just like you would with any other Bucks game. Giannis yeah. is always going to be in play. If you think he's going to play 30 plus minutes, you're going to want to run it back with you know probably either Drummond, Kennard, or Blake. Um, me, the my exact you know as build right now, I like I always do multiple GPP lineups where I, I roll out multiple lineups where I'll, I'll you know fade him in some and then and a couple other ones I'll go with the script. But I, it looks like I'm probably going to fade it just because I'm not liking the pieces I'm going to have to run it back with. You know, if it's a different matchup, we're looking at Drummond going against the healthy Brook Lopez. I don't like those kind of stand in the paint centers when we know Brook Lopez is going to stretch the floor, especially with Drummond where we know most of his values in his rebounding. Um, he's going to be getting yeah. pulled away from the hoop. Blake Griffin. 
It's cheap. He's cheap on DK. It makes me want to think about it, but you know, Giannis yeah. and that one-on-one defense right there, I don't want to mess with that. He just hasn't looked himself. He just doesn't look too comfortable yet, still kind of getting back to his usual form. So I think I'm going to fade him as well. And just knowing that I don't want to play either one of those guys kind of takes away from Giannis a little bit. So I'm not really too much onto this game at all, to be honest. If I'm, you know, if I'm looking at anybody, it might just be Middleton, knowing that he's 6100. He's he's back playing with the starting lineup, but he's still playing limited minutes. He played well in the last one, so I don't I don't know, Coach. You tell me. I, I'm it's hard. I feel like I'm forcing something if I go with anybody in this game. Yeah, I mean, on a 10 game slate, like I say, I just I don't I don't think I'm going to go diving into this well either. I I think. Uh, People are going to be tempted, as you like you said, to, to go with Griffin just because of his price. But uh, I agree. I don't think he's 100% right, and, and he's going to get some Giannis defense as well. Um, and, you know, Drummond is always tempting just because of the rebound potential. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see any value in this game. You know, by the way, I was really uh, happy to see. I, I tried to steer everybody off of that fake Rolo value two game, you know, the last game that day before last, and he, he didn't do a darn thing. So that was good to see. But uh, sometimes you have to just fade that uh, cheap value chalk when, when it just doesn't look like uh, they're going to produce. So that, uh, you know, but that goes away now, obviously with his brother back. Uh, so yeah, I'm with you, man. I think this is just a simple pass game. And I do think people are going to be tempted to to dial up a guy or two in this game. But I, I don't want to pay the top dollar for Giannis on a 10-game slate. Uh, I know he the guy just averages like literally 60 fantasy points a game. But it just seems like if there's a game where they could, you know, chop away at him a little bit, uh, it, this seems like it would be it where he, you know, might not quite make value. So pass him with you, man. All righty. Ready to go. I think the next one would probably be a little bit more interesting for us. Yeah, it definitely will be. It is uh, the third 7 p.m. Eastern start. Phoenix Suns 9 and 10 at the Orlando Magic 9 and 11. 9 11. That tells you right there. That sort of explains those two teams right now. But on the pace side, you've got Phoenix sitting at 11th. So uh, they are getting up and down the floor a little bit. But you've got the dead last Orlando Magic who uh, are definitely pounding the ball into the ground a little bit and slow it down. you got our, uh, the game is at Orlando. And defensively, you've got the Phoenix Suns, who are currently 18th in the league. They were in the top 10 at the beginning of the year. They have been falling a couple of spots per week. Uh, and then on the other side, defensively, uh, you've got the Orlando Magic, who, with that slow pace, are stymieing teams a little bit. Where are they? I can't find them. They're ninth. They're still in the top ten. I didn't realize they were up that high. So, you know, that that's interesting. Now, there's a bunch of injuries in this game. Rubio's probably not going to play. I'll let you go into the game script a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, excuse me. Yeah, so I mean, right now Rubio is dealing with a hand injury. He's currently uh, questionable. He's being listed as, um, but mm-hmm. we've seen them kind of, you know, take precautions with Rubio. He's kind of been a little bit of injury prone throughout his career, and he's already been sidelined for a little bit this season. So it wouldn't be a shocker to kind of see him rest. Um, so I mean, it's a wait and see approach with him. Uh, 
do you know have to give him his shout outs for winning me that chicken soup challenge bet we talked a little about yeah, it a little bit before yeah. Yeah. you know taking Don Brogdon did did he even need the five point spot so he got it done last game so it's just going to show you at this price tag if you were fully healthy and playing I do think he would be an option but um, I'm not going overboard on too many people on Phoenix. Like you said, it's going to be a down pace. They're playing at a down place. Orlando's defense is very good. Uh, I'm hopping off Ubre. I just don't like that matchup, but going against Jonathan Isaac in this kind of game script. If I'm right. looking at anybody, it would probably be the value on this side. And I might be looking at a guy like Mikel Bridges. Um, I just think that he's a pretty solid player. 3,800 in DK. Played 30 minutes in the last one. Um, you know, the shot attempts were there for him. 5 of 12. He's always going to put up the defensive numbers. One of the steel specialists that we know. Uh, so I think that he'd be a decent value option at 3,800, um, barring the news that we'll probably get some, you know, a couple better ones that break later on. Well, that's a chicken seat challenge we've got to look at because I don't like Mikael Bridges. I I don't just don't think he's that good. I really don't. So keep an eye out for a cheap 3,800 dollar guy. We'll we'll get the chicken seat challenge going. Uh, on the Orlando side, you know, Baines is going to be out again. Uh, isn't that correct? Or yes. Is he questionable? Yeah, he's out. So. You know, uh, the whole Kim Bird, Mo Bamba thing in the paint. Uh, Gordon played pretty well, but he'll be banging around with Sarich. This is just such a, a miserable game, I think, to play. I, I you know, the, I, what I can say is this, though. Uh, I, I think I may take a shot at Booker, and I'll tell you why. There's a massive jump in his usage when Rubio does not play. He goes from mid-20s up to uh, about 33, 33.5% usage, which is a massive jump. So, you know, uh, Rubio uh, definitely takes away from DFS points for Booker. And if he does sit, uh, you know, he's Fournier is not exactly a defensive stopper if that's who's going to guard him. And if Phoenix is going to uh, stay in this game, I think it's going to be on Booker's shoulders so I think, you, you know, he may come in very low owned because he's expensive, uh, but could be one of those guys that could put up a secret smash game here uh, with Rubio and Baines out. And, you know, I agree with you. I think that uh, Ubre and uh, Jonathan Isaac are a little bit of the Spider-Man versus Spider-Man thing. Similar, really good defensive wing guys, rangy and they may eliminate each other a little bit. And uh, therefore, you know, I may go with a sneaky Booker play. I don't I don't mind, but, you know, I'm always aboard playing Booker. It's just, you know, that tantalizing upside. I'm a GPP guy. I'm always looking for, towards the upside. Um, yeah. I definitely think he has it in any matchup. He's pretty much a matchup-proof kind of guy. Double teams don't bother him. You know, he's used to that. We heard that a hundred times now. So, um, yeah. yeah, I definitely think he's in there. I think uh, looking at the AK, like I said, rather just knowing that it's going to be a down pace for Phoenix and that Orlando is pretty good defensively, um, that, you know, taking a shot on the cheaper guy, like I said, Bridges, maybe if you want to take advantage of like a Tyler Johnson, if Rubio sits Tyler like Johnson got a, a did not play coach's decision, which uh, is, which is, last. which is weird. Yeah. I, I saw yeah. that. Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if that would, happen. I, I wouldn't anticipate that happening again. If Rubio sits, I, I wouldn't mean, think so either, but it scares me on his minutes. You know, I think they're going to a Kobo as the backup now, right? I don't know how long they've been doing that for. I mean, Okobo only played, uh, you know, he didn't, he, you know, he didn't even play in the last one either. So most of the minutes probably went to Carter. And like I said, we did see Bridges get 30. So Bridges actually absorbed a fair amount of the minutes. Probably. So they probably slide Booker over to the point. So there's more, wow. there's a few, there's a few avenues to that. So it's, it's going to be dependent on the starting lineup. I think that 
you know, Rubio sitting out is it's mostly going to end up just kind of, you know, let's just start Tyler Johnson, just try to keep the, you know, the, the bench the way it is, the bench unit the same kind of thing. I, I, I could see that happening, but you never know. They might just slide Booker over, uh, put him at point. They could start Bridges, move somebody down. They have several options. It's early enough at a 7 o'clock game, Eastern Standard Time. We'll, we'll have the lineups before it locks. I'll tell you, though, on a 10-game slate, my initial feel is all those guards you just mentioned, Carter, Okobo, Johnson and Bridges, I wouldn't touch them with a 10-foot pole. You don't need to on a, on a slate like this, in my opinion. No, you're right. You're, you're most likely probably right at the end of the day. Like I said, this is just if you're pinpointing on the guy in the game I want to look at, probably those guys. I think we're, we're going to probably have better news and stuff open up throughout from now. We're recording this at you know, 1045 the night before. So um, there will probably be some better stuff that breaks through that we can feel a little bit more uh, secure and reliable about. But Listen, if one of those, whatever guy, the value play that does get rolled in the starting lineup, whether it's Bridges or Tyler Johnson, they'll be in play. Um, in play doesn't mean they're the best play, though. They're still definitely playable. I'll have a couple shares. All right, man. Uh, not for me in cash. No way. All right, 7.30 Eastern game. Brooklyn Nets 10-10 and 10 at the Atlanta Hawks 5-16, and 16, which is pretty bad for the Hawks. People were expecting them to be a little bit better. Uh Brooklyn Nets, pace of play, uh, not really moving the ball. Yes, they are. Where do you think they are? I'll make you guess at this one. I would probably say that they're uh, just outside of the top 10. I would probably say 11th. They're actually in the top 10. Good guess, though. They're 7th. I didn't realize they were playing that fast with uh, Kyrie out. They're still really pushing the ball, so... Uh, that's a good one that, to check on and something to take note of there, specifically since they're playing the Hawks, who are actually 10th in pace. So you got two top 10 teams in pace. That's a, an attention grabber right away. And then Atlanta's 25th in defense, Brooklyn 16th. So this is a game you could dial up, you know, some guys, and uh, that'll, you know, Generally, with those rankings in defense and in pace, I've been following this, looking at these two specific things every game and determining how many more possessions it allows teams to get. And I pretty much have a good barometer of that now with the mixture. And, you know, this should lend to good seven, eight more possessions uh, per team, which is a big difference in a game, uh, you know, when you're looking at every DFS point counting. So, uh, you know, this should be an interesting one. One I think you, you might want to uh, consider a couple guys. So what what's the uh, game script, brother? I think everybody's in play. This is going to be a fantastic matchup for both teams. Um, for me, I'll start with the Hawks side of the ball. This is going to be some injury news. DeAndre Hunter is right now doubtful after he dislocated a finger. Kevin Huerta is questionable. He would definitely play on a minutes limit. Even if he does play, he's expected to return soon. Um, I would doubt that he plays in this game, just kind of my thinking. He just returned to five-on-five five, uh, core activity not too long ago. So it seems like it'd be a little bit, you know, almost pushing him to get back in here. Yeah. Alan Crabb has been ruled out as well. So for me, that opens up yeah. a ton of wing minutes. Um, and, you know, I think Trey Young's always in play 10-4. It's, it's a 10-game slate. There's a lot of superstars on here for only 1,000 more that we could consider. So for I would consider him more of a GPP than a cash play t- on this kind of slate. But I think we still yeah. look at Bembry. Uh, 5K yeah. is not too expensive for him. If he's going to be playing 30-plus minutes, and it's it's probably going to be expected now with Hunter also rolled out. He just stuffs the stat sheets. He gets it done with rebounds, assists, blocks, steals, chips in the yep. points. 
Um, and I mentioned it, uh, Evan Turner, just keep an eye on him. Um, played 20 minutes in the last one, so the minutes kind of went up a little bit, and it's just another wing guy that got ruled out. Cam Reddish will most likely play, but he just went under uh, underwent an MRI a few days ago on his wrist, so it is something that's lingering, and I don't think that, you know, with it lingering, unless they get some decent time off, you know, two or three game stretch, yeah. um, he's, he's most likely to be playing that like 25, 26 minute role. I don't think they're going to force him into play too much, so... Keep an eye on the on the wings with that kind of situation, but for me, it's you know Trey Young and Bembry would be my one A, one B, and then if you wanted to take a really deep, deep kind of flyer on Evan Turner in tournaments, there's worse guys you can do. All right, well, I have two two plug and plays. I'm gonna 100% guys, and it's not Trey Young. I love DeAndre Bembry here. He's he like you said exactly hit that on the nose, man. He is a stat stuffer, and two of the wings are out. I just I think he is such a value play. Uh, he's going to make every lineup, and I'm playing Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Dinwiddie is the man. Kyrie's still out, uh, and Trey can't guard me. So I, I think Dinwiddie's just such an easy play. I think his you know his salary is up, but it's not unreasonable. I think it's very uh, in a you know in a pace up game with a high over under like this. Uh, I just love that play and. Uh, really, those are the only two guys that that I uh, want to play, and I and I love them. I I'm on you with Dinwiddie. I mean, just the matchup's fantastic. Finally, his price bump is over seventy seven hundred. It feels like he was around that price tag for just like a week straight, where you know yeah. seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy six, seventy seven. He he should have been more priced around this high, uh, this like low eight to mid eight range. You know, he'll probably even have another good game against Trey Young, and we might see him at eighty four hundred next week or next game. So. Um, yeah, I'm right there. I'm with you. I think you can also, if you wanted to take a stab at a guy like Torian Prince or Joe Harris, it's it's a good matchup, but the price tags on them, it's just, you know, the upside is a little bit limited on a night-to-night basis. But if the, if you were to take a shot, this is the matchup to do it. I'm with you. All right, game five, the halfway point, Miami Heat, 15-5, and five, just played a nail-biter. Uh, when I jumped on the show, they were in overtime against Toronto at Toronto, uh, and it was a great game. I watched uh, the majority of uh, the game uh, because I I expected it to be good, and it was. I mean, it was just a really close game. Uh, They are playing at Boston, who's 14-5. and So you've got another great game, but a big advantage for Boston. They did not play tonight. They had a rest day. Miami had this real, real tough game in Toronto. Now they got to take a late flight over to Boston and get ready for that game. So, you know, the question is going to be, you know, how tired are the the Heat going to be and can they step up and uh, play Boston tough? What What do you see here? I think it's going to be actually a really good basketball game. You know, the fact that it is a back to back kind of takes a little bit of juice out of it. Otherwise, I think this would be like just a, a. Back to the wall, kind of, you know, one one oh nine, one oh eight game with you know Marcus Smart or somebody drilling the ball up with two and a half seconds left. Um, I could see something like that, but I, I think that you know I'll start with the Heat side of the ball. Bam and Butler are underpriced. Uh, both of them are in a, a pretty good matchup right now, plus matchup I'd say, especially Bam. You know, Boston's front court is pretty weak. They can't really defend anybody at this point. Uh, just a mix and match between you know Daniel Tyson, uh, Canner, and Robert Williams and 
you know, yeah. going small. So I, I definitely think that he has an advantage at 7,200. I have no problem paying that price. Goran Dragic's ruled out. Um, you know, that obviously opens up a little bit more opportunity for guy for your boy uh, Duncan over there. I know you're a big Duncan guy. Uh, he hit a bunch of threes tonight, man. Yeah, and that's what he does. That's exactly what yeah. he does. But he's not just a stand in the corner and shoot threes kinds of guy. He chips in here and there at a couple of the counting stats. So at 4500 on DK, I, I could see taking a shot at him. Um, but yeah. for me, I think I'd rather spend up to the more expensive guys. And our Kendrick Nunn, again, an option. Drogic's out. Should see a few extra minutes and everything like that. But Boston's defense is real. So I think avoiding the backcourt where uh, – where that I guess that's Boston strength when you talk about guys like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. Um, even Marcus Tatum. Smart, I think, is out. Oh, is he out now? I know. I, I, so. I, I knew. I saw he was questionable. I didn't see that he was out. So yeah, double check that because I I read somewhere Doubtful. where he that's, made. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So. A couple of games. Yeah. Yeah, it's an oblique injury. I know he was dealing with like four or five nagging injuries in general. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they said he was gonna. I think miss two full games minimum. Okay, so I'll yeah. scratch that. Play Kendrick Nunn. It does if you want. change. That brings a Boston value guy into play. Probably. Absolutely, we'll we'll get to we'll get to that side uh, over there. I mean, maybe okay. for you. I, I don't think it's gonna. Uh, he's gonna be in play for me though. Um, but yeah, so that I guess that's it for Miami. I don't know. What do you have over there on Miami? I think it's just Butler, Bam, and then a little bit of Duncan and uh, none If you want to take shots on them in tournaments. Well, you know, watching that game tonight, they. Uh, they all played a decent amount of minutes. They they uh, substituted decently. Uh, Bam did a fantastic job on Pascal Siakam. I thought he defended him uh, just brilliantly today. Um, Hero didn't do much again. He's been a little off. Uh, Butler had a stretch where you know he did great. He had a triple double tonight. So, uh, but he extended himself. So the question will be how much uh, does he have left in the tank? You know, I, I again, sort of like the, the game tonight. I, I don't think it's a great DFS game, per se. I think it's a great basketball game and one that I want to watch. But I respect both teams so much defensively that, you know, it's hard to, to really count on dialing somebody up. I, I sort of uh, like Kemba in this game a little bit. He's been hot lately. And, uh, you know, Kendrick's getting a lot of minutes. Winslow's playing a lot of point now. He's back. So the question is, uh, you know, who's going to guard Kemba? I, I'm pretty sure they'll put Butler on Tatum. And that opens Kemba up a little bit and I think shuts Tatum down a little bit. So, you know, Kemba's the guy that I would go to in this game. Uh, he would be my main play. I don't know if I trust the minutes uh, that Spolster's going to, you know, disperse amongst the team after coming off a tough overtime game tonight. So it may just be Kemba for me and enjoying the game. Hey, and uh, Kemba's a fair price tag. DraftKings seventy six hundred. So that, I think that that's, that's cheap. your lo- that yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely definitely cheap. Um, not the best matchup, like you said, uh, but seventy six hundred Kemba Walker's you know lightning in a bottle. Uh, he's a guy that we see you know leaving the third quarter with 24, you know, DK points and finishing the game with 45. So right. uh, I, I, I definitely could see playing him. I probably won't have a ton of shares personally, but it's not a bad play whatsoever. Um, you know, some people might look at Brad Wanamaker. I thought that's where you were going to go with this. No. Yeah, I no, I'm not touching guy. him. I wouldn't. I, I wasn't played him one him. time, and that SOB had 6.2 points and it just for the think, whole game. That was with Kemba he, out, too. With him. He, sunk my, he sunk my whole slate. 
and I'll never forgive him. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. So I'm, I'm honestly probably not going to have too many shares of anybody on Boston. If I'm looking at anything, it's going to be the, you know, the few guys I mentioned on Miami. All right, man. Outstanding. All right, the halfway point, five games left to go. Quick mention, you know, uh, again, this, this show will be re- released uh, late tonight so that you can listen to it on the way to work tomorrow at lunch during the day. You know, we look at this as a, a three-step process. Listen to the show, uh, start building your lineup in your head, get that shell lineup started, think it through. Uh, then you want to follow us all on Twitter. Uh, that's really important because all the news that breaks, anything that changes, it's all going to make a big difference in what you build. And then, you know, the third step is, you know, just be glued right straight to your computer that last 30 minutes before lock, take into consideration everything we went over in the pod, take a, a consideration over any of the player changes or news that's come down the pike, and then build the lineup from there. Uh, that's the best way to go, man. Don't, uh, you know, I would say steer away from uh, diving into too much information from the touts because you're, you're going to see a lot of the same lineups out there. Uh, you know, trust the, the process and following through with what we're bringing forward here and what we're tweeting out throughout the day and, and build it from there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter 24-7 at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Our man Andrew is at Language Olympic, and Miles is at Miles6565. Also, uh, at Hoopball Fantasy, that is where you will get all the uh, information from hoop-ball.com. Miles and Andy and the team there, they're posting things throughout the day, uh, and it'll be tweeted out as well. Also, go to hoop-ball.com, click on Forums, Click on DFS thread. Uh, I'm constantly putting in information in there as well as uh, our other pros. And just, you know, keep an eye on that throughout the day. Uh, And then, you know, once you listen to the pod, like I said, take that second if you can. Rate, uh, subscribe, and, uh, you know, just get involved with that. Review it briefly if you can. And uh, we'll just keep on motoring down the road. But, uh All right, let's get on to game six of Memphis Grizzlies, 8 p.m. game against the Chicago Bulls. Two teams not playing well, and John Morant's out for a while. They're 6-14, the Bulls 7-14, one of those really uh, lousy games. Uh, Memphis is sixth in the league in pace, although they lose a little bit of that, obviously, without John Morant, who's one of the fastest guys in the league. So that hurts a little bit, but they are. Uh, getting up and down the floor. Chicago's 12th, so they move as well. Uh, you know, there there definitely could be some points. This could be one of those sleeper games that's going to slide under the radar, especially when you look at the defensive rankings. Memphis is 23rd, which is pretty darn bad, and Chicago is 13th, so somewhat middle of the pack, a little bit better than expected. But again, you know, if you can pick or choose a guy from this game, uh, to pluck out uh, that, that can get you some big fantasy points. Uh, it's probably not a bad move. 
you know, I'm not going to go Levine because I like Dylan Brooks' defense. I think he gets after it, gets up on people a little bit. But let me let you do the breakdown, and then I'll chime in. What you got? I think that, you know, taking advantage of uh, John Morant's injury is something that we're going to want to do on this slate, whether you want to look at the Anthony Melton for a cheaper price tag or if you want to go up and spend on Tyus Jones for a little bit more. Uh, both are very much in play. Both are playing enough minutes, and both are solid uh, point-per-minute fantasy producers. Even Grayson Allen's getting a decent amount of minutes off the bench. So, uh, obviously, I feel a little less secure about him. Uh, but I think all three of those guys are in play. And then just kind of monitoring the news, Brandon Clark has already been ruled out. He's going to be week-to-week kind of like with Morant. Uh, Valis Junis is questionable. So, you know, Quibocolo burned us in the last one hard. Uh, and you know what? It's it's mostly because Jared Jackson Jr. didn't get into foul trouble. So yeah. uh, when that happens, it happens. You know, he, he, was, he managed to not foul out of a game, played 34 minutes in it. Game pri- uh, prior to that, he played 19 minutes. Bocolo played a boatload. So um, it's really going to be dependent on how often they need to use him. It's not like they're going to go out there and just run him out there. Like it's a, it's a force to be reckoned with. They were also going against Sabonis and Miles Turner, two guys that played big. So that's why I wanted to mention him. I think he's a GPP play. I wouldn't you know risk it in cash after seeing him because I thought for sure with those guys ruled out and going against a big front court that they did that he'd be locked into 30 minutes and we just didn't see it, Coach. Yeah, it was disappointing for sure, but I get it. I mean, he was, well, the whole industry did. He was super highly owned and and disappointed. Uh, Triple J had a really good game, though. I had fired up Triple J as well, and uh, he came through for me surprisingly. You always have to sort of pinch your nose and hold your breath when you put him in your lineup because you're so afraid he's going to get in foul trouble. I can't even watch. I get anxiety attack watching uh, triple J play because he reaches and tries to swat everything. I'm better off just, you know, not watching him play, but you know, he's in, he's in play again. You've got to consider him. Uh, you know, Chicago's front line is not exactly uh, fantastic either with Wendell Carter, but I guess you, you have to sort of consider triple J and Wendell on the other side, just in the fact that, uh, you know, both teams are so, shallow uh, at the big spots right now that, you know, they're both somewhat in play. You know, I'm not going to go. I'm afraid of the Melton Tyus Jones thing of the split minutes. Uh, I was really impressed with watching DeAnthony Melton the other day, though. He's good. Uh, And you props to you. I think you were the one that said that. Didn't you say that he was really a good player? Yeah, no, he looked fantastic when he was with Houston his rookie season. So, yeah, no, I'm just... And they they went out of their way. Like, they they were chomping on the bits when they found out that they can have a chance to get in Melton. The Grizzlies were really excited when they brought him in. So don't be shocked to see him keep playing significant minutes. I mean, yes, John Morant's the the point guard of the future, um, but it wouldn't shock me if when push comes to shove, you know, maybe in like a year, year and a half, if it's between Melton and Tyus Jones, we see Melton stay. Yeah, and, you know, if I was forced to play one of them, I'd probably play Melton. But I, I'm a little bit afraid of of that mixture of, of minutes that they'll get. Uh, but, it, you know, it's an interesting take for sure. Uh, really nobody else, like I say, I'm not interested in uh, in uh, Levine uh, in this particular matchup. So it's, you know, uh, if you can pick the right guy or two, I think, you know, uh, the bigs may have decent games, but it's certainly not – a game you want to focus on, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think it's just like you said, you're, you're taking shots at most of the value. I'm not spending up on too much on this game. I don't really want to play Levine too much. I've been on him as of late. I think the usage will still be there for him. 
Um, but just not the game I feel comfortable paying 8K for him. I think I might be willing to take a shot at uh, Sadoransky in a lineup or two, just knowing that he's playing 30-plus minutes, getting that time at small forward is huge for him. Um, yeah. And this just kind of feels like it's a good matchup uh, for him. I, I, I kind of like him in this one as well. So he'd probably be my primary target on the Bulls. I wouldn't mind playing a little bit of Wendell Carter. And then, you know, the the other guys that we talked about on Memphis. And, you know, if you want to play Jaron Jackson, I, I like it. I'm not going to knock you. I think it's a fair price tag. I just don't know if I'm going to end up there at the end of the night. Yeah, I, you know what? I like the Sato take, too. I read something today where Kobe White was squawking a little bit in the press. I don't know if you saw his quotes, but he said it's hard to get in a rhythm. He's not used to coming off the bench and not getting minutes. And, you know, so he's starting to, to cry a little bit. And uh, that's not going to go over too well with the coach. So I think Sadoransky may even get extra run. Uh, and he may be a good play. So just something to keep in mind, keep an eye on. Yeah, and I, I wanted to point out, it's. I think we, we touched on this last show. I might have brought it up. Uh, Chris Dunn's playing a little bit more as well, and they actually started Chris Dunn, Sadoransky, um, and Levine. So, um, you know, there you go. Three three yeah. guard lineup right there. I mean, Sadoransky's a little bit bigger, uh, so he could get away at playing that small forward. But yeah, when, when you're playing Chris Dunn over your uh, you know rookie top pick, uh, you're in the doghouse. Yeah, I I think he is. All right, cool. Let's go to the 8 p.m. game. Um, it is the 13 and 7 Indiana Pacers at the 8 and 11 Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, as far as pace goes in this game, um, Indiana's down at 22, which is to be expected. They do play a lot of half court stuff. Brogdon to Sabonis or Turner, uh, you know, definitely try to control pace and keep that, uh, you know, uh, down to to uh, uh, sort of a half court game. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder are 23rd. They're also not really getting up and down, even though they haven't had really the big post presence with Adams and Noel like uh, some people had thought. Um, you know, this this game is interesting, man. That you know, I don't like the pace. Uh, defensively, the Thunder are 14th uh, right now, so pretty much uh, dead in the middle of the pack. And uh, let's see, the Pacers are up to eighth, so they're you know they're clamping down. I do respect their defense both on the perimeter uh, and and in the paint. So you know, that, that scares me off, uh, you know, of some of these Thunder guys. I really, uh, you know, I haven't been going to the Thunder much at all. I've also, uh, you, you know, I played Shea quite a bit early and, uh, his price hasn't been conducive really to, to plugging him in. So I, you know, again, I don't really like, uh, any of the Thunder guys much at all. Uh, Chris Paul still plays good D for an older guy. So that might, Squeeze a little on Brogdon now that pace is up. I think I get you know I guess the only guy here that I'd like to dial up, but he'll be highly owned is Sabonis. Uh, you know, it, obviously it's a, a game back at Oklahoma City where he started his career, uh, and they you know they traded him away in that Paul George deal. Um, so I you know I think Sabonis playing back at Oklahoma City is a nice little narrative. And uh, I think he'll jump up and, and grab some uh, some usage and uh, some ownership. But I like him. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 with you. 
Um, I think that, you know, for me, it's it's just pretty much what you said. I don't really want to play anybody on OKC. Um, they're all priced appropriately. It's a tough matchup for him. I think, you know, the, the narrative puts Sabonis into play with his price tag. Uh, but Indiana yeah. blew this team out by almost 30 points the last time they faced earlier in the season. Um, and everybody is priced right. So if you want to take shots on Sabonis and Brogdon, I wouldn't mind it. Um, prefer mm-hmm. Sabonis over Brogdon in this matchup. And, uh, yeah, that's that's probably it for me. I think, you know, maybe Warren at 55, but just not the not the paced game I like to look at him in. You know, I got him right the other time that we, we were on a show together, Coach, but I just don't think this is the one for him. I'm with you, man. I think that's a, a pretty easy one and will probably be uh, with the rest of the industry on this one, but it is what it is. Yeah. All right, this next game is interesting. 8.30 uh, Eastern game, Minnesota Timberwolves 10-9 at the Dallas Mavericks, 14-6. and um, You know, we talked a little bit about this game prior to the show, too. Uh, let, let me touch on a couple of things. Minnesota is the fourth quickest pace in the league, so that's going to help Dallas a lot. Uh, Dallas... Uh, obviously with Luca running the half-court set, they're 19th, so they're not uh, the fastest-paced team. They will turn, uh, you know, turn the ball over and get some, some uh, fast break points, but generally uh, they're going to get a half-court set together and let Luca orchestrate the offense from there. Uh, defensively, uh, Minnesota is uh, – they've actually moved – up a little bit they were much worse at the beginning of the year they're all the way up to 12th so that is surprising they were down in the 20s at the beginning of the year so they're 12th defensively which is not bad Uh, Dallas is only 17th so you know pretty even squared up there now I guess what the big point here for me is uh, there's two things Dallas is on a back-to-back and they, you know, they got to travel back home uh, for tomorrow's game. So that definitely hurts a little bit. Uh, Minnesota did not play today. They're already here in Dallas and uh, chilling out. So, you know, that evens the the playing field a little bit. But what I do want to say is I watched the, the Mavericks game, was toggling back and forth between that and the Raptors uh, heat game. And, you know, uh, Porzingis hardly played. He had got in tremendous foul trouble early in this game and I'm not looking at the stats right now but the dude couldn't have played more than like 20 minutes I mean he just didn't get any time on the floor and then they blew out in the fourth uh and we you know Luca as we mentioned at the top of the show just crushed it with 28 and 18 but he didn't play in the fourth quarter either because it was a blowout so you've got guys that weren't extended um you know, but I also know Carlisle. Carlisle on back-to-backs does not like to push his guys, and the the Mavericks bench is so damn deep; it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, there's ten guys that are getting good minutes, and tonight was amazing. That the Mavs were down eleven at one point. They made a little run, and he brought JJ Bray in, who has hardly gotten to play at all. He only played seven minutes, but in that time he had eight points and four assists and sparked the Mavs into the lead and, uh, you know, and, and then didn't get back in the game. So I got a feeling he'll get some extra minutes tomorrow. You know, and again, I've talked about it so many different times now at nauseum, but all these guys are playing a ton of minutes. They're all sharing time. 
So it's so impossible to play anybody on Dallas other than Porzingis or Luka. Uh, I would not recommend Porzingis at this point, though. I mean, I've watched him so many games in a row, and I he just disappoints a lot. I mean, he he does not bang inside. You know, uh, he's not been consistent. I don't think he's worth right now the salary that he's uh, – you know, uh, looking for. As far as uh, we both know, and we both talked about this. Right now, he's somewhat unguardable, man. He is stinking unguardable. And uh, against this matchup with Minnesota, I, I just don't know how you don't start your lineup with Luca tomorrow, knowing that he didn't play in the fourth, wasn't extended. And I think he's. I just think he's a great play. I know he's going to be highly owned. I know he's the highest salaried guy. But don't you have to start your lineup with Luka tomorrow? It's definitely going to be hard not to, uh, you know, play him. I mean, at the price tag, I don't really care at this point. He's just a walking machine when it comes to fantasy production. So 11-6, we know that there's, uh, you know, pretty good you know, weaknesses on uh, Minnesota's team. You know, Jeff Teague's out of the starting lineup now. Uh, yes, yeah. they still have Rocco, but we're not really worried about Towns. We're not really worried about Culver at this stage in his career just yet. He definitely has all the capabilities to be a very good defender of the future. Uh, but you're a rookie. It's tough. It's a, it's a hard adjustment when you're, you know, especially worried about handling a little bit of the ball and all these other aspects of being inserted into a starting lineup uh, so early in your career that, you know, it's hard to keep track of everything, I guess you could say. But um, yeah. for me, I, I could definitely see Luca just absolutely smashing in this slate. Um, to be honest, I'm going to have a lot of them. And generally, if Luca's on a slate, it's almost like I feel like I'm playing 60% of my lineups at this point. So when I say I'm going to be underweight, I mean I might, you know, instead of playing 60% of them, I might play 35. But I think yeah. I'm going to actually ease back just a slight edge on this one. Uh, just because I think that, and it has nothing to do with Luca, but more or less just to think of just over the past day and two, day or two, including tonight's slate, which um, I mean tonight on Tuesday, uh, there's a lot of these you know, star players that are flying under the radar with their pricing in this mid-tier price range where I think we'll be able to take advantage of a couple of them. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think I'm, I'm almost leaning a little bit more towards of a fair and balanced approach on this slate so far, the way I'm looking at it. But it's Luca for Christ's sakes. Play the guy. It's you, you really can't argue against it at this point. Yeah. What about Minnesota? Are you going to fire anybody up on that side? I'm not looking at anybody on Minnesota outside of Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins' assists have – to back up. He got seven last game, handling the ball a ton. Um, I and I think I would prefer Wiggins over Towns, price per dollar, seventy eight hundred to ten six. Um, I, you know, I I'm looking at like a ten to fifteen point difference, but almost a three K different price tag. You know, I think I'm gonna dial up Cat. I think I'm gonna make this my key game. Try to get uh, balance on both sides and hope that it stays close. I think this game. Could I think the advantage of, of the back-to-back uh, -back issue with Dallas helps Minnesota stay in this game? You know, and I'm not really sure Dallas really has an answer uh, to, to really stop good centers. I mean, they're going to split uh, Powell and Kleba on, on Cat. They'll split duty there, and they'll do okay, but – you know, Cat can stretch the floor. He's going to take a bunch of threes. Uh, and I just think he's a, a tough, tough matchup. You know, we saw what Anthony Davis can do. Uh, you know, the, the big athletic centers that can shoot the ball are sort of Dallas's kryptonite right now. So 
you know, I even though it's a 10-game slate, I mean, I really think I may dial up Cat and Luca as my two pay-up guys on the whole slate and then try to build a roster around those two guys. It makes perfectly sense in a game script scenario. I mean, if you get – God forbid that game goes to overtime and you have both those stars in it, you know, you're counting your money at that point. Yeah. And I mean, you, I'm telling you right now, I watched that game today. He sat – Lucas sat seven minutes and 20 seconds of the first half. They gave him an extended break because of the back-to-back coming. So he sat a lot there, and then he didn't play the fourth quarter. So people are going to see 28 and 18 and think he busted his ass, and he didn't. He really did not play that much, and he did not play that hard because he didn't have to. A lot of the rebounds were just – it was one of those nights where everything was just bouncing to him. I mean, it was a career high in rebounding, but – there was even one play where it bounced off. He tipped it. It hit two guys and came right back to him. So it was just one of those nights. It's not like he was diving on the floor for the ball or anything. I think he's going to have a, a ton of gas in the tank. Uh, I'm really excited for this game. I think it's a big edge uh, for the industry because, you know, I know he gets tons of play right now, but considering it's a back-to-back and everything, people are going to be a little bit hesitant they're going to look at Trey. They're going to look at Giannis, and they're going to look at AD and 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 LeBron. And I think it might be a little less ownership than normal for him. And I don't think it's justified. And I think Cat is a perfect correlation play. I am fired up for this man. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned all those other guys because out of all those guys you mentioned, I would prefer Luca over you know the LA guys over Giannis and over Trey Young. Beautiful. Well, you're with me then. Yes, sir. All right, two games left, 9 o'clock game. Uh, late Los Angeles Lakers 17-3 and three at the Utah Jazz 12-9. and Pace-wise, we've got the L.A. Lakers 17th. Utah Jazz, of course, not as fast. Uh, they are 18th, one spot behind. They've moved up. So Utah's actually moving the ball a little bit. I don't know what's going on there, but somebody has got uh, them stepping on the pedal a little bit. So... 17 and 18th pace. We know the Lakers are fantastic on D. They are third overall right now in the entire league in defensive efficiency. Uh, And uh, Utah is 10th. So you've got two teams that are in the bottom half of the league in pace and two teams that really get after it defensively. you know, it's. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of ownership on the Utah guys like normal. I believe Conley is out. Is that correct? Yeah, Conley has been ruled out. Okay, so where where does that value come in? Is it Moutier? Nah, it's not Moutier. So who's going to get the Conley minute? Mr. Jingle and Joe. Joe Ingles. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Somebody's got to pick up uh, those minutes and that effectiveness. So interesting. Now, I'm not going to be a big Utah guy here. And certainly with uh, the fact that, you know, like I said, the defensive prowess of both teams and the fact uh, that the pace isn't, you know, really there and it's in Utah, their crowd gets riled up. uh, This is going to be a flat out pass game for me. And I'll let you take it from there. 
Yeah, so I don't mind taking a shot on Joe Ingles. I think that's a fair price tag. Like I just said, we'll definitely see a big, uh, you know, big usage bump from a little bit more ball handling responsibility. I do think Moutier will play in increased minutes, um, but I just don't like this matchup in general for many players on either side of the ball. So I think you know, going with the mid tier price on Joe Ingles, also small forward eligible. Um, sometimes I struggle trying to find a guy that I feel confident in in that price range at that position. Yeah. And then I think Donovan Mitchell, uh, while I don't love the matchup, at 7,100 with no Conley is just too cheap for him. He, you know, we've seen it night in and night out. This guy pretty much has a floor of 30 something, uh, and you know we've seen upward of 40 and 50 throughout the throughout the season. So I think they would be my two primary options on the Utah side. And with LA, it's been I've been doing the same thing all season long. I'm either playing you know Anthony Davis or LeBron James or absolutely nobody from this team, and I'm going to stick with doing that. It's been working for me. Um, I just don't need to go there. So if you wanted to take a shot at either one of those guys, their price tags are more than fair. Again, I would probably prefer uh, James to Davis if I were to you know, push come to shove, but I'd rather play Luca over both of them. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, just a, a, a note of concern is Donovan Mitchell uh, struggles against Danny Green. Danny Green gets all up in his business. So something to, you know, maybe – uh, think twice on with Mitchell, but uh, I'm with you, man. I just, I think this game uh, will be a little bit more lower scoring type game. I don't want to pay up uh, for LeBron or Davis. Uh, it seems like everybody feels like you got to take one or the other every night. And uh, I just don't think it's necessary in a game like this against a team that's that good defensively and plays that slow. So all right, dude, let's go to the final game of the night. It is the 10th game. It's the Sacramento Kings at 8 and 11 at the Portland Trail Blazers of 8 and 12. Um, interesting game for sure. Uh, two teams I have not been going to very much at all lately. Uh, pace wise, Sacramento uh, is playing a lot. Uh, slower than they the people thought. They're 19th in the. I'm sorry, that's defensive efficiency. Uh, let me look at pace here. They're playing even slower than that. They're 29th, second to last in pace. So somehow Luke Walton came here last year. They were third in the league in pace. They ran up and down the floor. Now I know De'Aaron Fox is out, and that's half of it. But 29th in the league in pace. I still can't believe that man. So Sacramento is not uh, playing fast whatsoever. Uh, and Portland on the other side is up to ninth. So it's a monster pace up game for Sacramento, which helps the likes of the Buddy Hilds and uh, Bogdan Bogdanoviches. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, for the efficiency-wise, like I said, uh, we've got Sacramento 19th, and we have the Portland Trailblazers at a disappointing 21st, part of the reason why they're not winning any games and Carmelo's not going to help the defense. So, uh, yes, these teams uh, don't play good defense, and it is a pace-up game for Sacramento. I think that, you know, it's just hard to get the right guy on the right night with, with both of these teams, it seems like. Uh, between, you know, Carmelo and CJ and, and uh, Dame splitting usage with Portland. And then, you know, do you play Heald or Bogdanovich, one or the other or both or neither? You know, you got Kojo still getting some 
some some run there. But man, these teams are hard to nail down. Man, do you like anybody here? I do. Uh, I kind of love Lillard on this slate tonight. Um, I think ah. looking at my uh, at him at DK, there's no way he should be priced at 8100. Yeah, uh, I can't believe he's that low. That's, that's the lowest insane. price ever. And that's part of the reason what I was talking about, just kind of making me lean towards more of that fair and balanced approach because this is a guy that should be closer to, you know, that low 9K range, possibly on some, you know, some stretches upwards to, you know, the high nine. So yeah. I have no problem playing him. He's already cooked them twice this season for an average of about 50 DK points. So um, he's almost one of my, like, lock and load plays. I just love that price tag. I think getting that involvement into the late game hammer is going to be something that you're going to like watching at the end of the night instead of it going down. It'll go up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I always mention shooting guards versus uh, Sacramento. So that's kind of where, you know, this is where it comes push come to shove. I don't like playing McCollum, but I love playing uh, shooting guards against Sacramento. But then I look yeah. at Lillard and I'm like, that price tag, it's just too enticing, only 1,200 more. So I will have more Lillard than I will McCollum. Them. Both those guys very much in play. Uh, not touching Carmelo Anthony um, or any of the bench guys, really. So that would probably be most of my love for Portland would be those two guys. Obviously, that's what most people would be looking at. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, I think Buddy Heald very much in play. I think it's a tough matchup for him. Um, but 7,400, if he's going to continue shooting as much as he has been, like I've mentioned last time, these 20-plus shot attempt games is what we want to see. And I'll keep riding him for then. Uh, Bogdanovich got taken off of the injury report, which is one thing that I, I think is encouraging. You know, his minutes were limited. He has been dealing with, I believe, his hamstring tightness. Hamstring, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and they, you know, they said it was actually very painful. He said it was extremely painful, but he was able to play through it and manage it. So uh, monitor that situation. I mean, I think he's a little risky. If 5,700, I'm very enticed if I know he's playing 30-plus minutes. Um, but, you know, with all the other factors, Trevor Ariza actually made a return after a month of not playing, played 12 yeah. minutes in the last game. So there's a few other factors that could be taking minutes away, whether it's his health or it's just a few other guys coming back. Um, but if he's not playing 30-plus minutes, I really don't want much to do with it. So I think it's healed in Belichia. For me, on the Sacramento yeah. side, yeah, oh yeah, any power forward going against Carmelo Anthony, sign me up. I'm okay yeah. with that. Jeez, yeah, I don't blame you, man. Oh, that's a good take. I, I mean, Portland's backcourt has not defended well. Dame and McCollum have been disappointing. So, I mean, that that keeps Heald and 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 Bogdanovich in play for me. I, I think you know this is one of those games where you know I think some people may even stack it. You may see some. McCollum, Lillard, and, and Bogdanovich healed and just, you know, see if it rolls out. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those tough games. You just have to hit the right guy. I think they all have potential to smash, but uh, they also have a, a, a potential to not make value. Um, you know, I, I, there has been a, a noted uh, dip in Dame's uh, efficiency and usage since Carmelo joined the team. So that is something to be a little bit concerned about. Um, but but I don't think there's anybody on Sacramento that, that can guard Dame either. So, you know, his price is so darn cheap now, it's ridiculous. Uh, that alone, you know, makes him somewhat of a value play. Uh, you know, if, if you want to get some, some correlation and go like a heel Dame, I think that that's very reasonable if you can fit them in price-wise. Uh, I don't like the periphery guys in this game. I don't like the bigs. I don't trust Whiteside. I just I don't really like uh, anybody else but the guard play in this game. And a lot of it will just do with you know who I can fit in. Uh, I would like to get some exposure from this game, not because it's the late game, but just because I think there's 
uh, I think the backcourts on both sides will do well. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of it's just going to be on, on build and news uh, as we go through the day tomorrow. So something, you know, keep an eye on that game. I think, uh, you know, it's good to have a piece or two of it, though. All right. Uh, did we find anybody to chicken suit challenge your earlier? Uh, let's see. It was the Suns guy. Uh, Bridges. Yeah, Bridges. no, it was, it was a very weird slate. Like I said, I don't think there's good, there's not a ton of value that necessarily has opened up. Just Bridges. Yet. I'll take DeAnthony Melton. No way. Get out of here. <laughs> you you think DeAnthony Melton's that much better than Mikel Bridges? I think when you're when you're talking about the opportunity and usage standpoint, and uh, for like a DFS scenario, yeah, real life basketball. No, I think Bridges is much better than him as a real life basketball player. Mm. Uh, but no, I, I I think that I could see him. His floor is probably about twelve points higher on this kind of slate. Not bad. Wow. I mean, I mean, hey, you know, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm looking, I'm looking. No, I, I get it. I don't, I don't agree though. I think they're going to be a little bit closer. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a Mikel Bridges guy. I was, was going to say, we'll switch it up then. You take him. I thought about taking him. I, I really did. I'm not trusting DeAnthony Melton's minutes yet. That's the only concern that I have. But there's no way I'm rooting for Mikel Bridges. I can't stand him. I need to stand. <laughs> um, Let's see something where I can take somebody really weird just to try to. I don't want to give you the lead though. We're tied four four, I think, aren't we? Yes, sir. Um, let's see, man. Uh, I could challenge Joe Ingles. I'm not thrilled with that pick of I'll, yours I'll either. Take, I'll take the jingle. Uh, jingles against. Uh, you won't let me take Bembry, will you? I feel like that's a sucker bet, Coach. But I, I'll do. It. I'll give you the point. How about that? I'll give you. I'll give you three and a half fantasy points and jingles, and I'll take Bembry. That's more than fair. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do that. That sounds good. Okay. All right, you're on. You are on. I almost was gonna take the the gutsiest pick in the history of basketball and take JJ Berea. Oh, I would have scored. Hardly there. ever plays. I was going to take him. Do you have a, a, a bum that you can throw? I'll let you pick. I, I don't think JBJ Brea plays more than five or six minutes tomorrow. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. He's gonna s- step up and shock you with like 15 <laughs> minutes of 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 super basketball. I don't know. Give me a guy. I'll you you tell me. I'll I know I, I mentioned somebody that was at that like three. Oh, give me Evan Turner, JJ Barea. Let's do. I'll do that. Perfect. That's very fair. I think that's the same price tag. That we're going to be the only two guys in the United States at the end of our couch rooting for one of those guys to get like two fantasy points. That's what. All right, so we got a double. We got a double dip. That's beautiful, man. Double dip. All right. All right. Now this uh-huh. is our first double night, so I'm looking forward to I that. Know. Good stuff. All right. Well, fantastic. Any final words on the slate? No, man. I think uh, just, you know, everybody, thank you again for everything that you guys are doing for us over here. We're going to continue just doing our best that we could for you and providing content on a night-to-night basis. Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, jump on hoop-ball.com. Uh, there's the Brewski newsletter that comes out. It's phenomenal. You can sign up for you know, Fantasy NBA Today, our man Dan Bespris is on Monday through Friday. It's the best fantasy NBA show uh, in the industry. So tune into that as much as you can. And, you know, I'm going to be actually 
on there with him a little bit tomorrow. So I'll I'll have a guest appearance on his show tomorrow, talk a little DFS with him. But uh, but awesome stuff, man. We appreciate everybody, and we appreciate the viewership. Keep hitting us up on Twitter. Again, it's at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I and at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And, uh, you know, shoot us some info, man. Tell us who you like in the, in the uh, in these Chicken Soup Challenge uh, games. I need a little J.J. Berea love, man. Yeah, everybody send uh, Coach a nice tweet and laugh at him for that one. No, no, no. It's going to be a great call. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man, Mike Apatria, and for our buddies, Andrew and Miles, our other pros here at hoop-ball.com, I am Coach, and we will catch you again tomorrow for another shot at crushing it in NBA DFS. Take care, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.